Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode one of season two of my Ian's podcast, Red Zone Ruckus. Today, we will go through our Thursday night predictions and some future season outlook. Ian, we'll start with our Thursday night predictions. What are you looking into, and what do you think the result will be of this Thursday night game? Well, I think the Bucs are going to take this game. I don't really think it's going to be uh, entirely close, but I think the Cowboys are going to put up a fight with the return of Dak. I think the Bucs are going to win this 31-24. Uh, impact player for the Bucs, I believe, is going to, uh, going to be Mike Evans. I think we'll have a good game. I think he'll start off the season strong. I'm going to say uh, maybe two touchdowns, close to 100 yards uh, for Mike Evans. I think he'll have a great game for week one to start off his season. Uh, but the impact player for the Cowboys, obviously, uh, I think he's going to be Dak on his way back. Um, I think we'll have a good game as well, maybe three touchdowns, uh, 280 yards passing. Uh, and I think he'll just kind of show you know, the world what this team can look like with him, uh, yeah. that they can win the division that with that wide receiver room and Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Zeke in the backfield, that the offense you know, in Dallas is not bad. Um, yep. Just it wasn't great with uh, Dalton and Danu- uh, Danucci, et cetera, mm-hmm. last year. Um, I think a matchup to watch is going to be Zeke against the Bucks D-line. Obviously, Zeke's coming off a not-so-great year last year. Six fumbles, yep. under 1,000 yards, I think 970, something like that. Uh, the Bucks allowed just 3.6 yards per carry among uh, all running backs they faced last year combined um, and only allowed uh, – 1,289 yards total last mm-hmm. year. Dalvin Cook, I believe, had the best rushing game against yeah. them, and it was, yeah. like, just barely at 100, I believe. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bucks had eight forced fumbles last year. Uh, not necessarily the D-line. That's an entire team. So, like, Devin White had a couple, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zeke had six fumbles last year uh, in his 15 games started. So, obviously, that's going to be an issue. I, it's been addressed, obviously, that he needs to work on the ball security. Uh, we'll just have to see how that, you know, shapes out against, you know, one of the better defenses in the league to start off the season. Yep. Uh, I, took, I took a different approach to this. I think the Cowboys offense will be able to overpower the Bucks. I think the Cowboys are going to take this one 34-28. I'm really high on this Cowboys team. Um, Dak Prescott last year would have been on pace for some crazy amount of yardage, would have broken many records. Yeah. If he if he continued the pace in yeah. which before he got hurt. But um I think one obviously the impact player, I think it's gonna be Dak Prescott. I think he the obviously the ability to break this game is gonna be in his hands. And then the matchup I'm looking at is gonna be this Cowboys secondary against Tom Brady. I'm thinking hmm. that if this Cowboys defense can hold this Bucks offense to a certain threshold, say three or not three, four touchdowns, 28 points, and maybe a field goal. So put it right about that 30 point line. I think this Cowboys offense between Dak and Zeke and CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, I think they can consistently score win football over, games. you know, just win football games by overpowering with offensive, yeah, with their offensive weapons. I think Zeke can have a, Really great bounce back year. I think he's going to finish in the top four running backs hmm. after. Um, I think obviously Dak's absence had a big uh, part of Zeke's, you know, like sort of drop performance. Yeah, you don't really have to worry about Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci, right? More than you have to worry about uh, Ezekiel Elliott. But yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to give the Bucks for their a run for their money in Week One. I think they're going to take this by six. 
Yeah, me saying the Bucks are winning this game has nothing to do. It's because, you know, they're defending Super Bowl champs. I'm not a yeah. strong believer of, oh, the defending Super Bowl champs are going to go out and make it to the Super Bowl again. Mm-hmm. I just I, – I do think that offense is still strong. I think that defense is stronger than a lot of people recognize. I mean, obviously they're recognized as a top defense in the league, but that I mean, that defensive line is really phenomenal when it comes to the running game. So, Yep. All right, we'll move into the floor – and ceiling for some for a few teams coming in this year. I'll start with the Carolina Panthers. I think their floor is will be five and twelve. If Sam Darnold isn't able to lead this offense well, the defense sort of stands in the middle of the pack. But it's going to be all about the offense for the Panthers this year. They got they have good weapons around Darnold uh, between McCaffrey and Moore and drafting Terrence Marshall and Robbie Anderson. He was. Uh, consistent last year um I think yeah as I said it all depends on how his offense goes and that's why I have their ceiling up at 10 and 7 I don't think this offense is going to be very overpowering but I think they have the potential to be a top 15 offense in this league and I think if they consistently hold that ranking in the NFL I think they can be a 10 win team yeah I agree with you on the ceiling for the Panthers I have them at a 10 and 7 uh, mm-hmm. They finished 5-11 and 11 last year, obviously with Teddy Bridgewater as their QB1. Uh, but that wide receiver room, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and the, uh, the pickup of Terrace Marshall, that's a great wide receiver room. And if you bring in Sam Darnold and he does end up being an upgrade from uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and you know Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey, but I'm not going to talk about him. If you bring in Sam Darnold and he is an upgrade, I think they absolutely – I could agree with you. I think they could be a you know top 15 offense in this league. Um, I've always loved that wide receiver duo or, you know, last year I loved that wide receiver duo. I've always loved DJ Moore. Uh, I've always thought he's had the potential to be a great, uh, wide receiver given, you know, the QB situation that he's had, he hasn't been able to get too far, but he's made it work and he's gotten his name out there. And I think with Sam Darnold, I do think it could be a slight upgrade. I'm not saying Sam Darnold is MVP caliber quarterback, but I think if you give him the weapons and he does focus on, really fulfilling the drives you can't Sam Darnold can't be taking the ball downfield get in the red zone and then turn it over it just can't happen and that's something he's done a lot uh in his career so far in New York uh but you give him the weapons I think he'll do fine with that I think their floor is gonna be down to four wins and the reason I think that is because their defense I you said middle of the pack I really think their defense isn't that great their defense is lower than middle of the pack. Yeah, uh, and But that all, once again, it all depends on Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold ends up being a downgrade from Teddy Bridgewater. Well, yeah, your floor is probably lower than last year. Yeah, if we see the Sam Darnold that we saw at the New York Jets, then they will most definitely be between the three to five win range, and there's mm-hmm. really no hope for this team. All right, moving into the Cincinnati Bengals, you can start this one. Well, the Bengals finished six and, or four and 11 last year. My bad. Um, in a division that, you know, featured three playoff teams. Yep. Um, and that, that's not easy for a team like the Bengals who, you know, just drafted a rookie quarterback at first overall, first overall pick and your offensive line just couldn't support him results in an ACL tear. Uh, your, your defense is really only led by Jesse Bates. Your, I mean, your secondary is really only led by Jesse Bates. That's really your only guy. Um, I think their ceiling is going to be seven wins. I think I, I really do think that this uh, ASC North division is going to be near the same 
Uh, but I'd really honestly switch the Steelers and Browns this year. Uh, and I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if the Bengals are going to be able to uh, get through their division games. And that's really where it comes down to. Cause it, if you're looking at three playoff teams in your division, you play them twice a year, there's six losses right there. Yeah. You know, and just like that, you know, your winning record is, you know, already down. I mean, you're mm-hmm. already down to a 10 win seat or now 11 win season if you're able to win everything else. But uh, I think Joe Burrow could have a good year. I think T Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, I think that's a great wide receiver duo. I think we're talking about Jamar Chase and we're honestly thinking, okay, we saw him in that one uh, drive in the preseason game. Uh, and he had what, like two or three drops. Two drops. Uh, and I don't know if that's what, I don't know if maybe that's, you know, it's his first drive in an NFL stage. I'm sure nerves get to you. I'm sure maybe you're looking at, okay, I'm a round one rookie wide receiver. I need to be pretty good. Maybe it's the nerves that gets to him. Maybe it's a pressure. Um, But if that happens in the regular season, I I don't think it's too much of an issue. They still have Tyler Boyd. They still have T Higgins. Uh, I think Joe Mixon could be a, you know, a solid running back this year if he stays healthy. Um, and it's another one of those teams, just like the Panthers, that it really comes down to that defense and the quarterback value. Yeah. Um, with this Cincinnati Bengals team, obviously you said division games are going to be tough. Um, they did give the Browns a run for their money last yeah, year. They did. Two closed games. Browns had the Browns had a almost miraculous catch to Donovan Peoples-Jones mm-hmm. in the uh, – right side of the end zone to, what, beat the Bengals by, like, four points yep. or something. Yeah. But on the other hand of the Bengals division games, uh, Lamar Jackson's 5-0 and against the Bengals. Yeah. I don't think the Bengals have come within, what, 27 points. It's been pretty any... bad, yeah. I know um, this was last year, the first game against the Bengals. I think they won 27 to nothing. Yeah. And I know they won the second one by – and then in 2019, they beat up one. Actually, the first game – Lamar played was against the Bengals. They won by three. But since then, Lamar has been absolutely dominant against the Bengals. I expect the Bengals to go 0-2 there. I do think they could take one from both the Browns and the Steelers, but I also find it I find it more likely with the Steelers than against yeah, the Browns. Yeah, definitely more as, likely with the Steelers. As yeah. the Steelers' offense is clearly seems to be falling into decline. Mm-hmm. But um, – I think I said for ceiling, the Cincinnati Bengals team could go nine and eight if they maybe take one from okay. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And I think this is, as you said, it's similar to the Panthers offense, except I think it's an upgraded quarterback. Yeah. Obviously, they're a little bit lower on the running back spectrum. Running back game, yeah. But their wide receiver corps is top of the top of the rock. You got Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase draft problem, I think it won't really withstand itself. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal right now. I think it, it's just early. I think he's nervous. But for this uh, Bengals team, I have their floor at 5-12. and 12. I think okay. if they really can only win one of these six division games, I already put you at 1-5. and five. Right. And then you're already in a hole just from those divisional games. And mm-hmm. I don't think this Bengals team is really able to win that many games outside of the division. And – you know, hold a good record. I think this Bengals team, although ceiling is at nine and eight, I think they'll be maybe a seven to eight win team. That's going to be one hell of a division. Like, yeah, it's be. <laughs> like, ooh. I mean, we always say NFC uh, West and AFC North are the two best, but yep. I mean, the Bengals just have kind of been a little bit of a drag to that division in the last couple of years. But it'll definitely be interesting. 
I think by next year, if they're able to retain Jesse Bates, which actually does seem pretty unlikely. Yeah. But I think – Well, I think if they can add a couple defensive uh, weapons, maybe on the D-line, I mean, that could increase morale for Jesse Bates. Maybe he'll want to re-sign if they have the money. But who knows? Yeah, definitely agree. They just need a little bit of that defensive upgrade. Their offense is already – at least has the potential to be up there. Yeah. All right, we'll move into the L.A. Rams. I think this team will really be a boomer bust, but they still have that little hmm. chance to fall right in the middle. But I think more their bust side would be because the high. Exp- I feel like there are many high expectations for this team. Yeah. I feel like they could be down to a just a 7-10 and 10 team. I don't think the Matthew Stafford train is, you know, like – Deserves getting- all the hype. Yeah, I don't getting, think that's, yeah. What I was, that's what I was looking to say. I don't think it deserves all the hype. Matthew Stafford, he hasn't had the greatest weapons in Detroit, but he also has shown sometimes a lack of decision-making mm-hmm. and things like that. He's been known to turn over the ball in Detroit. I, It could, could make a difference in uh, Los Angeles having um, Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup and mm-hmm. Tyler Higbee even. But um, I think – this defense, obviously, we know they're going to be good. I think the defense is obviously still going to maintain that high standard they play to. And I think this team's really all going to depend on the offense. I have their floor at 7-10. and 10. I have their ceiling at 13-4 and four if this offense is be able to perform what some people think should be the standard under this Matthew Stafford-led offense. Yeah, I had the exact same ceiling and floor as you. Yep. 13-4, uh, and 7 and uh. Seven and ten. They finished ten and six last year. Uh, made the wild card behind the Hawks, Seahawks. Um, and what was it? They lost to the Packers in the divisional, correct? Yes. And then okay, but that 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 actually wasn't far fetched of a game. I think they were playing pretty good um, against the obviously number one defense against I believe the number one offense. I think at mm-hmm. the time, um, their defense, no question. I think it's going to be the same way. You got Aaron Donald. Coming off the edge, obviously, um, and then the obvious factors of Jalen Ramsey in the back uh, in the secondary. Um, I'm not going to repeat anything I said about Matthew Stafford, but I am going to add this. I think Matthew Stafford is an upgrade, not a ton of an upgrade, but a slight upgrade from Jared. Uh, Jared Goff. Yeah, I do. Um, you mentioned he hasn't had the weapons mm-hmm. in his career. Um, hasn't had the best decision making in his career, but he's always been a you know a, a high yard passer. I mean, what four thousand yeah. yards in multiple multiple yeah, very years? Con- very I think very consistent in the uh, passing game in terms of yards. Um, and I think you give him Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby. Where is Jared Cook? Is he still in New? No, he's not. Where did he oh, go? Is he's he? Maybe on the Chargers. Okay, I, know, I feel like check. he went to. I, I feel like he went to a Los Angeles team. Not that it really. I mean, Jared Cook is a little bit older. Not that it really matters. I think Higby is a starter there. But what I mean about Jared Cook and Tyler Higby, if that is in fact the duo, if Jared Cook is yep. there, Jared Cook is on the Chargers. Okay, he's Chargers. Okay, so yeah. then scratch that. You're losing Cam Akers. Um, you still got Daryl Henderson. Uh. We'll have to see, honestly, how that goes. Obviously, we, we've obviously we've had our discussions about Daryl Henderson, but we'll have to see how that goes in the uh, the rushing game. But yeah. I do think Stafford has been given the weapons now in terms of wide receiver room, um, and I believe he is a slight upgrade 
for this Rams offense over Jared Goff. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Stafford, he could give that team that little boost it needs to even win the division. That one more win. Yeah, that gets them into the playoffs. Really. Yeah. Yep, that one more win could make the difference. See, that loss to Jets last year with uh, <laughs> Jared Goff. See, that sort of it was brought, funny. made him a 10-16 and 16 instead of 11-5. and 5. I think – did they not have playoff or division possibilities before they so, lost the Jets? What were the Seahawks? I believe the Seahawks were twelve and four, right? Or were they eleven uh, and five? I don't know. I will check real quick. I was one of those two. I didn't right. see West standings twenty twenty. Hmm. Yeah, the Seahawks did finish at twelve and four, so it wouldn't have made. So impact, it wouldn't have. Well, yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. Um. And I think the I think the Rams and the Hawks split, correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, either way, nonetheless, losing the Jets is just a gut punch. Yeah. All right, moving into the other LA team, the Chargers. You can start here. I am a big fan of the Chargers right now. Um, I'm aware. Obviously, you know that. I'm going to say their ceiling is 12 wins. Uh, I don't think they're going to reach that. I think they will fall down to the uh, the the ten and seven or the eleven and six record. Um, I think they're, I said their floor. They have a pretty slim uh, distance between their ceiling and floor here. I have them at a floor of nine and uh, nine and eight. Uh, they were fin- they finished seven and nine last year behind the Raiders um, for third in the division. Uh, Justin Herbert comes along and has what thirty-one passing touchdowns, uh, four thousand three hundred something yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keenan Allen is a breakout player. Austin Eckler gets hurt. You know, Mike Williams is like that guy who's there and is like a support sporting cast member, and he's yeah. able to help out in the red zone. He's a big-bodied receiver. Um, I really think Justin Herbert. I have tons of faith in Justin Justin Herbert this year. I think he is going to lead this team to the playoffs in the wild card. I do think the Chargers will make the wild card. But in I don't know how far they're going to be able to make in the playoffs, considering Justin Herbert is a young guy. He hasn't had the playoff experience. Heck, he didn't have a winning record last year, um, despite his great rookie season. Yep. Um, that defense is more middle of the pack. You have Joey Boza coming off the edge. Um, and, you know, that's a pretty strong – I think he was injured a little bit last year. Yeah. But that's pretty strong if he's able to stay healthy for that D-line. It, it really increases that. Mm-hmm. Um, See, so yeah, I, I think it's another one of those teams where it's not entirely balanced. It does depend on that defense to some extent. But I think that offense is going to be pretty powerful um, with, you know, a top a top 10 NFL wide receiver in Keenan Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler. Uh, obviously, Austin Eckler isn't the greatest in real life, but – yeah. He he is a receiving back. He gives Justin Herbert some options out of the backfield um, mm-hmm. for some checkdowns, and I, I think that could be a big help. You see, for me, looking at this team, I'm still in a little bit of question. Because Justin Herbert goes out and wins Offensive Rookie of the Year, but they go 7-9, and nine, and you have to wonder what happened with the rest of this team that even with this insane offensive production from Herbert and Keenan Allen – what How did happens they lose? with the rest of the team? Exactly. Yeah. How do they still end up seven and nine? And really, it boils down to the defense. defense. Yeah. We know this offense is going to produce. The defense really they blew how many games last year? Late in the game, it Almost was them and the, the Falcons, Falcons. Really? Yeah. yeah. Very similar Falcons late in the game. 
uh, the defense just didn't get the stops they need. And I really, I'm not sure, even with this good offense, I'm not sure that uh, this Chargers team can reach the ceiling I have for them at 11-6. and six. If their defense is able to just not implode late game right. and get the stops they need and allow the offense to do their thing, they yeah. will be this 11-6, and 10-7 and seven team. But if this defense continues to do what they did last year, I'm going to find them in seven to eight wins, even though I have my floor, I think, so a little bit too low at six and 11. I do not think they will be a six and 11 team. Nah. I think that with uh, even with the defensive failures they will get, I think they'll be a seven to eight win team. But it really, I'll be keeping a close eye on this defense as Herbert and Keenan Allen continue. Obviously, with the return of Eckler, too, that'll be a big help. And it's not like the defense needs to force a turnover every other drive. They just need to keep them out of the end zone. You know, they just need to keep them, keep their, you know, opponents away from two minute drives resulting in touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, take some time off the clock, keep them from getting downfield quickly. If you can hold them to a field goal, let the offense get back out there and score more. Um, And I, I agree with what you're saying about the defense. Five, six, seven. Let's see. Seven of the eight Chargers losses last year were one possession games. Wow. And even in those <laughs> in those losses, let's see, in those losses they scored twenty points, sixteen points. Those are on the offense. But when you score thirty one, twenty seven and you lose uh, it, yeah, by 26, one possession. Twenty six, thirty. Yeah. That really that's that really just a defensive Problem. Yeah, that, of that course, stings. you do have you do have the one game where he faces Bill Belichick, and everybody knows what happens. Forty-five to nothing, and and they let up the uh, game-winning touchdown pass from Drew Locke in the side, the back of the end yes. zone, right? Yes, it, who KJ was that? Too? It was KJ, KJ Hamler, right? Yep. Yeah, I remember watching. I mean, I remember watching that. I was like, mm-hmm. "What are you doing?" Yep. <laughs> it's like yep. four seconds yep. on the clock, and you're. Uh, that was funny. All right, moving into our predictions for breakout players of the year. We'll go one and one. I'll do one, then you'll do one. My first one, this could be similar in the both of us. I have Gus Edwards. Um, okay. Gus Edwards, obviously, with the injury to J.K. Dobbins, he is going to be a workhorse. If you're a Ravens fan, you know the potential Edwards would have had in the past years if he was that running back one. And I really don't think it's going to be um, – Tyshawn Williams, I don't think he's going to be the Gus Edwards to J.K. Dobbins. I think Gus Edwards is going to take this lead role. Tyshawn Williams, I don't expect him to get the carries Gus Edwards used to. I think Gus Edwards will be this guy that gets, you know, 15 carries a game, even maybe more than that. And I think he will – I'm almost 100% confident he will go over 1,000 yards this year, and I think he has really good potential. In this obviously number one rushing offense for the past two years, he's perfect scheme. What six one, like two thirty eight. Yeah, right. He think he's, he's a pretty good running back for size. You you think he's just a power guy, but he has some explosiveness. Yeah, he, he really breaks does. Off, breaks breaking off the tackles, ten, ten or more yard gains. Breaks yep. yeah, breaks plenty, breaks plenty of tackles. Big he's frame in the red zone. The, yeah, big frame. He's good goal line. Great with the read option. He's um. He's just all-around good running back. You mm-hmm. know, the one thing we do want to see is, as Dobbins was looking to Dobbins was looking to uh, improve on receiving, Yeah, we'll see who will step up as that receiving back this year. But that's what 
worried about because Lamar has really low checkdown rates. Yeah, he really and, does. Uh, yeah. I think it's less in part of the running backs being not the greatest receiving backs, and I think it's more of just Lamar doesn't check the ball down. Many has Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle there. Yeah. You know, for those short yeah. routes if he needs them. When you have that tight end like that, he's your security blanket rather than your running backs, and I think Gus Edwards will have a big year. So I left Gus Edwards out because I was thinking, like, okay, maybe you're going to include him. Um, uh-huh. I agree with everything he said. He'd probably be the one that I would have taken over the last guy that that you'll find out. Uh, my first one, you could argue that he had a breakout year last year, mm-hmm. but I, he's going somebody that's going in their sophomore year. I said Justin Herbert. Um, Interesting breakout. As in, I think he's increasing his stat line uh-huh. from last year. 4,333, I think it was. 4,336 passing yards and 31 touchdowns. He had a 66.6 completion percentage um, and only uh, 10 interceptions. That's, that's a pretty good uh, ratio there, the 31 to uh, 10 interception ratio. Not the best, not the worst. And especially for a rookie QB who, you know, hasn't played in the NFL level, you're not going to expect a guy to throw 40 touchdowns and only two interceptions. Yeah. So uh, I definitely think that's going to increase this year. I think he'll have over 31 touchdowns. I think he'll have over 4,336 yards, and I think he'll have less than uh, 10 interceptions. I think he'll yeah. have a higher completion percentage. And that's why I think he's going to be a breakout player. I think he's going to mm-hmm. be an MVP candidate this year. Uh, alongside the bigger names like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think he's going to be up there. So uh, I think he's going to give the Chiefs their run for the money in two games this, I mean, two games this year. Uh, I, I think they could take one of the games against the Chiefs. Um, I definitely do. I don't, I don't see that far-fetched. But like you said, we bring up the defense. So, you know, it all comes down to that. But the MVP stuff, like Justin Herbert, has nothing to do with the defense. So we'll see how that goes. Yep. Uh, my second one, moving into Corey Davis. Ooh. I feel like he's always had that potential behind A.G. Brown, but he's never really gotten to show it because okay. he's, been, he's been behind a clear number one right. like he was with A.J. Brown. But now he's uh, in New York. What, second second guy behind him, Jamison Crowder, right. maybe Denzel. Who am I forgetting? Um um, Elijah Moore. Elijah, Elijah Moore. Yep, Elijah Moore. He's back there. Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore. Yeah, Jameson Crowder. Yep. Jameson Crowder, although I think he will be on the COVID list to start the season, I think I saw. I believe so, yeah. That's all right, man. But yeah, I Playing think he's obviously a really clear wide receiver one. I think he's going to get that um, good chance with Zach Wilson there. Yeah. Uh, he got high target share in preseason. Yes. And I feel like it's less of that. He's like a clear wide receiver one, and more that he's the only wide receiver one. Yeah, because really, Jameson Crowder, he, he had a few good weeks of production last year, but he's not what you're looking for in a wide receiver one. Corey Davis, he has the tools. We'll just see yeah. if he can use them to work and be that lead guy for the Jets. Yeah, when I found out uh, Corey Davis went to New York, I was like, "Ooh, that's gonna be a fantasy steal." With mm-hmm. uh. You know, definitely though, because I think at the time they still hadn't had Zach Wilson. And I was like, uh, okay, they're going to be getting a quarterback probably. It's most likely going to be Zach Wilson. So maybe that'll be a pretty good guy. Um, mm-hmm. My second guy, I say Brandon uh, Ayuk. 
I guess that's how I, I mean, I always pronounce it wrong, but that's how I said it. Um, last year, only in 12 games, I think only started 11. And I think that first game he came in, he wasn't starting. Um, he had 96 targets, 60 receptions, uh, 748 yards in those 12 games, though. And I, I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> that That's mm-hmm. not bad at all. The only issue I have is he did only have five touchdowns. And I know he didn't have Garoppolo for some of that time at the end there. But yeah. uh, five touchdowns, that offense wasn't performing in general necessarily with the loss of Kittle um, and Garoppolo. But five touchdowns for what, after a couple games, seems like the wide receiver won. You know, may have been a playbook thing. May have been like, okay, maybe we're not going to give you the ball so much here. I think that changes this year. I think he's going to get more touchdowns. I think he's going to get more yards. He's going to get more targets, obviously. And that's not just because he's going to be starting all the games rather than just 12. That's because I do think he is showing himself as a wide receiver one there over Debo, uh, oh, oh, over Debo Samuel, who mm-hmm. just isn't good, in my opinion, really at all. Um, you have an interesting backfield there. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that backfield yet. I, everybody has a different opinion on who the starter mm-hmm. is. I, I personally think it's going to be Mostert, but you know, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I said him as my number two guy. I think he'll have a pretty good year. Yep. Where was I? Oh, here we go. Another Davis. I'm going to Mike Davis, the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. And it's sort of the same thing as Corey Davis. I'm not sure if he quite is the ideal running back one, but he's really – Obviously, the clear-cut guy for the spot behind what? Quandre – or no, they got they, – they, yeah. they, they get Wayne Gallman. They yeah, got Wayne Gallman, they got Gallman. Who yeah. I think will be a solid backup to Mike Davis. But Mike Davis shown what he could uh, do last year. With CMC. McCaffrey's, yeah, being McCaffrey's replacement. Uh, he shows flashes of receiving back. He wasn't the greatest rusher at times, but he did get the touchdowns. He got the receptions. Uh, I think he'll be good production for the Falcons this year. Uh, I'd also look for him – to possibly be a thousand yard rusher, I'm not quite as sure on huh. him as I am with Gus Edwards because a slight inconsistency showed last year. With the rushing, but I think yeah. Mike Davis will have that potential to be one of those breakout players this year. Okay, interesting. I also think Matt Ryan is a pass first kind of guy. Yep, he's never really had a, a great running back. I mean, Todd Gurley was awful last year. Yeah. Was- um. You know, obviously yeah. back in Carolina, he had Teddy Bridgewater who maybe yeah. wanted to hand the ball off more. So I don't know about a thousand yards. So that's a pretty interesting take. And if you're right, well, then good for you. But no, I agree with you. I think he could be a pretty good guy this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my third guy, I went towards defense here. Sophomore year guy, Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah um, Simmons. I had, I wanted to slip in a defensive player here because I know when you're thinking about breakout players, you're always thinking about these big name guys, you know, a, a a big time receiver, running back, quarterback, who's gonna, you know, yep. have thirty-five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wanted to bring in a guy who I think does didn't get a lot of credit last year for what he did do. Uh, he's a linebacker, so you're not expecting this kid to line up against wide receivers and go all the way up and get a pick on man coverage. He had an interception, a forced fumble, two pass deflections. Uh, but what really comes into mind here is that he had 54 combined tackles and another 43 solo. 
So he had a lot of tackles uh, in the league or in his games last year. And then he brought in a bunch of pass rush. He had two sacks, but he, he had a couple QB hits. He got to the QB a lot or into the backfield at least. Um, and he had a pretty good pass, uh, of pass rate efficiency, yeah. you know, you know, making sure that none of these tight ends that are going up against him, you know, are getting these huge gains. Uh, so I think a sophomore year guy who's now seen the league, who's seen what he's dealing with and can improve off those still solid numbers he had last year. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right, well, moving into where we think certain players will finish in terms of PPR fantasy rank, uh, we'll start with James Robinson. Ian, what do you think? So, what was James Robinson last year? Fifth? Fourth? Uh, I think it was somewhere up high. Give me a sec. I'll check real quick. It was, I don't he know. He was up there. He was up there. I think he might have been four. Maybe six. We will see. I can try Leader. to tell. He was, uh, it was a very pl- pleasant surprise. I think it'll be good. Very good in the future. He was the running back seven last year in PPR. Okay, seven. So not as high as I was saying. Okay, I think six to ten. I initially said seven to ten, but I was like, okay, maybe he does get – a little bit more out of the passing game with um, mm-hmm. with Trevor Lawrence, and maybe he does slide into that five or six. So I said six to ten. I think we're going to see the undrafted free agent story who came in and had a great season last year. Um, you know, obviously on a team that was just downright awful. Um, you know, what what was it? They were one in 15, right? One in 15. Yeah, they had that week one win, and then they were like, okay. Um, that's what it was, right, I believe? Yeah, week one. I think it was week one. Six, yeah. 15 straight. 15 straight. Uh, so, yeah, I said 6 to 10. I don't really know what needs to be explained to me as an upgrade mm-hmm. at his quarterback. The the passing game has been a little reinforced. DJ Chark, they added Marvin Jones for some vet- uh, veteran experience there. Um, will he be a strong guy in the passing game? I don't know. But I think that does help James Robinson a little bit because last year midway through, everybody's like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Um and maybe there's other guys are going to be talking about to release some of the pressure off. And I think I'll have another good year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have James Robinson, very similar range. I have him in a, I'm in six to nine. Okay. Um, I think he's, he's, although it seemed like originally the Jaguars didn't really want to include him as much. I feel like they really don't have a choice now with Etienne yeah. getting hurt. The Etienne pick really angered me. James oh, Robinson, yeah. it was so productive last year. And then you go out and waste your second first round pick on a running back. Well, I think that might have been. I mean, obviously it was at Clemson with Trevor, but yeah. either way, it's a pretty stupid. I agree with you. I think that's a pretty stupid pick. Maybe um, it may have been a chemistry thing, but still, yeah, it might have been. Didn't, wasn't still very a waste because first round you you got to look at guys that you actually need. At the end, would have been there at the beginning of second round for them. Like yeah, but they decided to reach try to get Lawrence's partner in crime at Clemson, and it did not work out. But, yeah, I look for Robinson to have another really productive year. I look for him to be still a big part of the pass game, maybe not as mm-hmm. much with uh, Lawrence in there over Minshew. As uh, <laughs> Minshew and Luton, they check down seemingly yeah. more often <laughs> than Lawrence will. But, um, yeah, I swear he's really productive back. He's shown that he can be the workhorse running back. I expect them to, you know, continue that pace this year. 
and I'm really excited to have him, you know, back on the fantasy team. He was uh, what helped me do well last year, and I think he will or fall in that six to nine range in PPR. I'm not gonna lie to you. When I took Chris Carson in the fourth, I completely forgot. I I thought I wasn't even looking really. I and I know when you got him, you were like, "Oh my god, I'm the highest uh on me." I guarantee you, everybody that was there just forgot that he was there. That's what I was thinking. That's what. Yeah, David said that even though he was going to pick Montgomery either way, he completely forgot about Robinson. And that's what I was hoping as the fourth round started. I was like, please. But I, I like I told myself when NTN got hurt, I was like, oh, shoot, I'm taking James Robinson in the mm-hmm. draft. And then I like – like I knew he was – it was one of those things like I knew he was there, but I like forgot to take him kind of thing. Yeah. I, yeah, obviously I should have. But Chris Carson, I mean, he's not awful. Oh, uh, yeah, good pick still. All right, DJ Moore. Um, I have him in the thirteen to sixteen range. Ooh. I'm not quite sure where I remember. Uh, let's see where he fell. Last I think he year. was like I eighteen. Think it was a little, yeah, a little bit behind. A little bit lower. Yeah. What I have him at? He was at. Um, wow, that is surprising. He was all the way back at twenty-five. Seriously? Mm. Wow. Okay. Well, that's not what I expected. Um, yeah, last year, um, DJ Moore, the wide receiver 25, I don't know, did he have an injury or anything? No, but I don't think so. No, just, uh, generally. But I guess Robbie Anderson was an increase back yeah, there. Yeah, that is true. He went over 20, went over 20 points. A couple games, while, yeah. At 20, 20 or more points just three times. He was sort of falling in between. 10 points and 18 points most of, 19 points most of the year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can see why. Wow. He had – wow, that's surprising. From week 1 to 12, he only had five or more receptions three times. Hmm. All right, well, that explains it. Well, now with uh, – who was in last year? Teddy Bridgewater. We know he's not the most flashy – quarterback in the NFL and I think Darnold Darnold we know Darnold has that potential everybody in the NFL knows Darnold has that potential it's just whether it's whether he can live up to it or not yeah yeah, exactly whether he can live up to it and show that this potential isn't just a bunch of made up stuff right came from the draft and uh stayed time because of Adam Gase yeah Yeah. it um he's got the I don't know I'm starting to talk about Darnold now uh more He's got the he's got the quarterback that I think can help him, you know, take a step up from where he was last year. Um, only four touchdowns. I expect him to go up from that. Bridgewater yeah. wasn't really a downfield passer, and nope. Moore is sort of a downfield pass catcher. I think DJ um, Moore had one one of his touchdowns was like seventy yards or something long. like that, and it was like, oh shoot, <laughs> mm-hmm. I had him that game, I believe too. <laughs> but yeah, I think Moore he's going to be productive this year. He's got Darnold, who's really – he's not going to be as afraid to take these shots downfield, although he may not always be the most accurate with them. I think he more matches D.J. Moore's play style, and I think D.J. Moore can reach a – even though he had um, 1,193 yards last year, I think he's a guy that can reach another level in terms of not necessarily productivity, but um, – well, yes, yeah, necessarily productivity, but I think he'll maybe take a little step up in yards – Effectiveness, yeah. He's yeah. not just catching these little passes, worthless passes that don't really do anything. He's gonna catch more than four receptions per game, and it's yeah. not just gonna be 
it he'll get targeted. Mm-hmm. Right. He's gonna get more. Ta- he gets more targets, and I think he'll be more both productive and effective. And I have him falling at thirteen to sixteen range. So I said fourteen to eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think there are a lot of receivers coming into this year that are like almost shoving each other around to be a top ten PPR receiver. It's like last year we got the introduction to Calvin Ridley. Oh God, he's going to be back out here again. Mm-hmm. Um, Keenan Allen, you know, showed himself as a top seven, you know, type potential kind of guy, and I think he'll be able to shove some people out of that top ten because that. And because of that, I think DJ Moore is going to fall down to the more like fifteen kind of spot. Yeah. But obviously, that's not bad at all. Like if you have DJ Moore on your fantasy team, start him. Like all right, you can't not start a guy like this and i think one of the guy that has him in our league has him as a flex right now mm-hmm. pretty dang good <laughs> um you have him as a flex yeah you're probably uh you probably have a pretty good wide receiver duo up front yeah. uh but dj Moore, i think i think i agree with you, everything you said i think all have a good year sam darnold more of his play style get it downfield target him more get him in the red zone uh and i think that's going to result in a good year for him you have guys like Adams, Hill, Diggs, Hopkins, Ridley, Jefferson, they're all sort of top candidates. Ahead of them. Top 10. Yeah. Then you have Metcalf. Allen Robinson, Metcalf. Metcalf, Robinson. Yeah. People like A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen. Maybe Mike Evans. Yeah, they're expected to have sneak into the top 10. And then you have people like, well, Keenan Allen a little bit more than sneak into the top 10. But then you have people like Amari Cooper. Or Mike Evans. And, uh, yeah, Mike Evans and Terry McLaurin. Always solid there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you really – it's just such a crowded wide receiver, uh, just a wide receiver position in the NFL at this point. Yeah. There are just so many good wide receivers that it's just so hard to cram them all into a top ten. While yep. you While you'd have guys like Amari Cooper uh, and, like, maybe A.J. Brown and Mike Evans sitting outside of that top ten. And even though they're, like, right behind them, it's just still so difficult to make lists like this. You saw our number three guys, Jonathan Taylor, right? Jonathan Taylor, you can start. At the end of the year last year, I was like, Jonathan Taylor is going to be a top eight fantasy running back. I think he can be. Uh, I think Carson Wentz, if Carson Wentz um, returns to a better form and utilizes his running back for the passing game. But the issue here is, is that the Colts, I believe, recently announced that they do want to include Hines a little bit more in the passing game and that that's going to disrupt Jonathan Taylor's fantasy for PPR value um I'm not saying the dude's going to be a a a 15 or under I I do think he'll be I had him at the 9 to 12 range or the 8 to 12 range Mm -hmm. um I still think he'll be good uh but he's not going to be the best running back in your league that you're like oh I'm so scared of this guy if I play him uh I think he's good I think he'll have his yardage. He'll get a couple receptions. He will get his touchdowns. That's where this comes in yes. for Jonathan Taylor. If he is the surefire running back and Hines stays in the passing game, Jonathan Taylor can just get handed the ball off from the 15-yard line, make a guy miss, and rush it into the end zone. That's mm-hmm. what I saw a lot of Jonathan Taylor last year. He made a lot of guys miss. A lot of guys miss, and in the red zone, he, he wasn't like waiting to get to the one-yard line to punch it in. He was honestly scoring from, you know, far out. So I have him at the uh, 9 to 12 range. 
or eight to twelve range. I haven't pushed back a little bit more. Thirteen to sixteen. I think Jonathan Taylor really got a ton of fantasy boost from uh, his extremely easy fantasy schedule for the last yeah. what few weeks last year. Yeah. I'll check who he, he won. Faced. He basically won me a chip. Yeah, essentially. Um, yeah. Last in the last what week? I think he played Detroit. Oh, here we go. Weeks 13 through 17. He scored 22, 30, 19, 19, 38. Yeah. Really, he had 253 yards in week 17 (laughs) against Jacksonville. That's insane. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. That's the only reason he did as well as he could. And, of course, Hines was injured and you weren't giving him receiving. Only one of those games was against a – Good run defense in Pittsburgh. He had Houston, Vegas, oh, yeah. he had Houston twice, Vegas once, and uh, Jacksonville once. And yep. the rest of the year before that, he was really sitting, what, from five points to 15 points going over. Yeah, it wasn't that great. He went over 16 just once from week one to 12. Yep. Or week one to 11. And I really think he's only as high as he is because of his easy schedule. Same with David Montgomery. I'm not really extremely high on him. Um, I don't really expect Jonathan Taylor to produce at the level he did on the back end of last year. And honestly, I could have him even lower than he is right now. I think um, Marlon Mack, he's not going to be much of a factor, even though it no. was really surprising to see him come back to uh That was weird. Holmes. I was Yeah, it was really weird. Especially after seeing what Jonathan Taylor showed what really, he could do. Right, yeah. But yeah, Hines um taking away some receptions, that scares you a little bit. Um he wasn't necessarily receiving the pendant last year. He went four uh four more receptions just four time or what? Yeah, just four times last year. Uh right. a few weeks with but at the same time, in those weeks where he didn't have many receptions, he also was really down there in fantasy points. So he could be a reception, a guy that needs receptions to have that top-tier production, and I don't think he's going to get what he needs to be a top-tier running back. And now I'm talking to myself like this, I feel like I'm talking more into like a 15 to 18 range than a 13 to 16. So let's put him there. We'll put him in the 15 to 18 range, and I think Jonathan Taylor will not live up to the expectations. Yeah. Old for him this year. So uh... – that's Keenan Allen, right? Keenan Allen. Yep. So, Keenan is a great wide receiver in real life as well as PPR, you know, fantasy value. I have him mm-hmm. at four to eight. I don't think he's going to be able to slip into the top three just because you got big guys like Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley who I think are going to be, like, the, le- the leading pack. Like, I don't know how – drop Calvin Ridley here. It's always – I think it's always going to be Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, Devon Diggs. Um, but Calvin Ridley, I think, is just going to be there. But I do think Keenan Allen, no doubt about it, is going to be top seven. Um, he's got that, in my opinion, that MV caliber, MVP caliber quarterback. Um, so – you know, he had a great year last year too. So I think mm-hmm. it'll slip into there to the five and eight spot. Yeah, I admit, I admit, uh, yeah, same range five forty eight, five to eight, whatever. Um, I was I was almost sad to pick Calvin Ridley at two seven, even though I love the pick. Keenan Allen was just so good for me last year. Um, 
ever since Herbert had taken over, mm-hmm. Keenan Allen would get five receptions for 40-something yards on the first drive, and you'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah. He would go crazy. Let's see. Um, we'll look at his game logs from last year. Um, just having him on fantasy team was a gift. 16 receptions, 10 receptions, 13 receptions. Um, only had – actually, that's surprising, but he did have – oh, he got hurt that week. Yeah, he it was like double-digit receptions. Yeah. I forgot him he, a bunch. Really – he was injured the last three weeks, yet he still managed uh, 992 receiving yards. And yep. he had a week in which Tyrod Taylor did start week one where he, yeah. um, he did score, let's see, he only scored seven, 7.7 fantasy points that week. But Herbert took over. He had one single-digit week, and it was the week they got blown out 45 to nothing, in which he still had 9.8 just – two yards away from that yeah. threshold. Um, Keenan Allen's a guy that you will be able to confidently put into your wide receiver one slot every week and feel good about it. Yeah. Um, you're not going to regret putting Keenan Allen in your lineup ever. And he uh, will almost 100% uh, without injuries, he will land in the top 10. But I think he's definitely got the potential to be top seven, top six, even top five yeah. receiver and points per reception because of how many receptions and he really high, gets. and how high his uh, target share is and his mm-hmm. volume. Uh, he's obviously got that great potential, and I look for him to really fully show it with uh, full-year Herbert. Hmm. All right, uh, moving into our, um, our predictions for the division winners. With the AFC, we'll start with the AFC North, Ian. What do you have? So, AFC North is going to be interesting to me. I do think it's going to be between the Browns and the Ravens. But when have the Browns ever gotten through the Ravens? That's true. What, four and one? With Lamar Jackson at quarterback. And I'm not like one of those guys that, as a Ravens fan, I am like obsessed with Lamar. And I think that he's like the best. Obviously, we've been over this. But I also don't think the Browns are really deserve the hype that they're getting right now. Do I think they're a playoff team? Yes. Do I think they're a divisional round team? Yes. Do I think Baker Mayfield is a top 10 quarterback like some people are trying to argue now? Heck no. Do I think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be able to return to his former self that he was in New York ever? No, I don't think no. he is. But you have Nick Chubb, you have Kareem Hunt. You have a you know a a, a, a decent defense. You got Denzel Ward there in the back, uh, secondary, um, and then you have uh, Miles Garrett coming off the edge. That's a pretty good defense right there. Pretty good offense. Uh, but I do have the Ravens taking the division this year for the AFC North. I have them at twelve and five. I have them tied with the Browns at twelve and five, but they have the tiebreaker. I think they split. Their games this year, I'm going to play it safe here. I think the Browns will win the home game against the Ravens. Maybe. We'll see. But I, I don't know. I think it's going to be difficult for them to get through the Ravens. We just always have. Um, but I think the Ravens will have the home game and the rest of the division over the Browns. And because of that, they're going to take uh, they're going to take the division. Yeah, I uh, same record, same result. I think the Ravens will take this division. Um, I feel like the, the – oh how uh, Lamar Jackson is going to be stopped this year. It's at this point, it's just, it's not true. This, yeah. They've said it they've, before. How many times did I have to say Lamar Jackson is going to be stopped this year? And then For it to actually get happen. stopped. 
Yeah. Exactly. And he doesn't get stopped for them to stop saying it. Because I would almost guarantee it's not going to happen. Lamar's just too electric. Four and one all time against the Browns. Browns. And uh, Lamar's the king of the north. I'll just put it that that way. Um, Lamar, what, one loss again? No, he, excuse me, swept the Bengals five and oh. Um, against the Browns, he's four and one. And did he play the Steelers in that 2018 year? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I but... yeah, I think that, I think he's played three games against the Steelers. I think he made what one and two. In well, the game we we went zero and two to the Steelers last year, but Lamar did not start one of them because yeah, of COVID. there's zero and one, and then the twenty nineteen year. I think we won them both, right? Yeah, we we, yeah, yeah. We won, we won them both. in overtime, and then we won the other one at home. Right, the Marlon Humphrey, Lamar, the Marlon Lamar Humphrey only, fumble in return. Yeah, as Lamar may have only played the Steelers twice, because even in that twenty nineteen year, he uh sat out week seventeen for RG three. But nonetheless, right. it's pretty obvious that Lamar is the king of the north. Uh, Ravens. Um, they have that defense that can obviously compete with the top teams. Uh, Ravens Chiefs is marked on my calendar. I'll be there. It's going to be one of the most interesting things I've done in the last eight years going to that game, uh, back in full attendance and all. But um, this this Ravens team, it's still a very special team. This Browns team, are they a special team also? Yeah, the Browns fans haven't been, been able to feel something like this excitement in many, many years. <laughs> yeah. Um. They have a good roster. There's really no clear weakness. Uh, linebackers, both teams' linebackers in terms of uh, more of the coverage linebackers. Hey, don't disrespect Patrick Queen. Nonetheless, I don't want to Malik Harrison behind them. It they both Malik have we weaker linebacker corps. But I think this Ravens team. I think it's just slightly the better team. I agree with you saying they could possibly uh tie at twelve and five, but the Ravens hold the tiebreaker. But I could even see, obviously, it's not far-fetched, the Browns losing one more game than the Ravens and going game yeah. below. By All the right. way, Lamar is 1-1 one one against the Steelers. I just Lamar, looked that up. that's right, I thought. Yep. yep. Lost um, one last year, one in 2019. 2019, yep. All right, moving to the AFC East, uh, I think this is both definitely <laughs> unanimous. Above, um, we don't even really need an explanation. Us. Bills. All right, see the record on three. One, two, three. 14 and three. Oh, interesting. I've been thirteen and four. Obviously, okay. I think That's... they could they could definitely be a fourteen and three team. Yeah. Um high powered offense. They have a good defense. Trey and, White, uh, top five cornerback. No, I'm joking. But I yeah, this Bills team. Everybody knows it's a great team. Josh Allen's gonna be in the MVP running back issue is the running back. That is their one weakness. But uh, yeah, Josh Allen will be an MVP candidate. Lamar Jackson will be an MVP candidate. I, I agree with Mahomes that. Mahomes will be an MVP candidate. Herbert could be an MVP candidate. Yeah, yes. four possible top MVP candidates in the right AFC. There in the AFC. Yeah. I think this is going to be definitely a more interesting year from the AFC pers- uh, perspective. Of the oh, absolutely. But, yeah, I don't think there's much explanation needed for the Bills. The Dolphins, I don't really think they have much of a chance to compete. So, with, yeah. without being – we'll just move to the AFC South, in which I do have the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. What yeah, I was gonna say you could. Yeah, gonna. You, we could have an argument here. I, I think I, this. What do you, you have? have? I yeah, was go gonna ahead. say coach. I think this coach defense. Um, I think first of all Carson Wentz with this, you know, new group around them. Although the wide receiver corps aren't the strongest, 
He does have Taylor. He does have Taylor. He does have Pines. He does have this top O-line. I think Carson Wentz will have a solid year. But, you know, this defense is really what anchors this team together. They're Mm -hmm. notorious for really dragging this team into success. And I think the Colts will take this division either at 10 and 7 or 11 and 6. I'm not really sure on the Titans side of things. Their defense is fairly weak. Um, their offense is going to be very high powered, but it's really all about um, which which will perform better, the Titans defense or the Colts offense. And I think whichever one does better of the two yeah. uh, will win the division, but I have the Colts winning it as of now. So I just want to check your logic here. You said the Colts could win it at ten and seven. I so do, what that I mean think for the Titans. You mean that would you mean would mean that the Titans would, would fall? Okay. And tiebreaker. I don't think the. Titans I just wanted to make sure you that. like weren't yeah. like forgetting. I don't know. No. So I, don't think I, I have the Titans well. taking the division here. A couple mm. weeks ago, a couple months ago, I was like, "Oh shoot, the Colts are winning the division next year." Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not a hater on the Colts. Carson Wentz, you know, will he be able to? Be that guy like he was in 2017. Maybe. Maybe utilizes Michael Pittman. Is T.Y. Hilton still there? Not like that's going to really matter. Um, but that's a veteran experience, right? If yeah. he's still there. I think he's there. Yeah. Um, but I, I do have the Titans taking it at 11-6. and six. Um, mm-hmm. Colts aren't going to be far behind. I think the Colts are a wild card team. So uh, I definitely think the Titans and Colts uh, both make the uh, playoffs there, depending on you know, the Titans defense, but I just think the Colts defense is so strong enough that the offense doesn't need to put up 21 points or like more than 24 points a game. I think they could settle for, you know, 21 points a game and be like, okay, we'll win some football games. Um, So yeah, I have the Titans over, but I I think it's a close competition. I think either way, the Colts make the playoffs. Yeah. That division will definitely be uh, fun to watch next to the AFC North and the NFC West. Um, moving to the AFC West, really, Chiefs. I don't even though the yeah. uh, Chargers may put up a solid performance this year. I really don't think there's any question unless there's anything special you want to say. Uh, we can move on to the NFC. No, I, I mean I said thirteen and four. Uh, could mm-hmm. they go fourteen and three with the Bills possibly? But I have them at thirteen and four. Uh, but yeah, I mean I was thinking a couple days ago to myself. I think if the the Chargers are somehow able to crack the ceiling that I wrote down for them. The only way that they would be able to do that is if somehow they take both games from the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, if they do that, I, like, I don't think their defense can be able to hold the Chiefs, but maybe their offense matches. And maybe late game the Chargers get some crazy interception and they win the yep. game. Like I don't know. But if they are able to take both games from the Chiefs, maybe the Chargers wow. put up a competition here yep. for first yep. place in the AFC West. Uh, mm-hmm. But because that doesn't seem likely, like I said, I do think they'll split – because that doesn't really seem likely, I'm going to have to take the Chiefs. Uh, you know, be, take the safe call here and say the Chiefs. All right, moving into the NFC, I'll start off with the NFC North. I have the Minnesota Vikings taking this. Wow! I, as you know, I was last waiting year, for something crazy from you. As you know, last year I was really high on this Minnesota team, even oh as they were one well, when they were like what five and seven. In the middle of the year, yeah. I thought they had a chance to be a wild card team. <laughs> I really like this Minnesota offense. Something about Kirk Cousins, I think he's a good enough quarterback Top to lead 15. this offense of Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I think they could take him, if not to a, if not a division title. I think they will definitely be a wild card team. I just there's it's not like the Minnesota defense is special or anything. 
Right, I just, but it's not bad. Yeah, it's not awful, but for whatever, uh, for whatever reason, I just like this Minnesota team over the recent NFC champion or NFC championship. Actually, the sort of in question, uh, Green Bay Packers. You know, yeah, it's bold, but it's it's bold, but it's possible. Yeah. You can hear me, Red. I just lagged out for a second there. I yeah, think. yeah. I, okay. I well, I'm, I'm gonna have to go the safe call with the NFC North. I'm gonna say the Packers. Yeah. I'm gonna say the Packers. Uh, I I have them at 13 and four. Uh, and somebody might beat me up over that. It's possible. Uh, it's possible because some people might say, "Oh, they're not gonna be the same team as they were last year." What really happened that makes them a different team, other than Aaron Rodgers' like little holding out period? Mm-hmm. I mean. Scratch him almost retiring or wanting to go to a different team. He's not going to go out there. Aaron Rodgers is too much of a veteran. He knows what it's going to cost him if he goes out there and like plays like crap. Mm-hmm. He knows he he's Aaron Rodgers. He's still he's former you know reigning MVP here. He's going to come out here and play football. He's going to win games. He has Devontae Adams, Robert Tanyan. I mean, your fantasy tight end. Mm-hmm. Is he that much of a weapon in in the real life perspective of football? I don't know. No. Um, but he's sort of okay. Aaron Jones coming out of the backfield. I love Aaron Jones. I love him. I think, and it's not like he's one of those guys that he's solid for fantasy. He's even better in real life. Like, I love Aaron Jones out of that backfield. You got Jair, obviously, arguable, arguably, you know, the number one cornerback in the league. Just, you know, obviously he's behind Jalen Ramsey here. Um, I, I do think this team is a 13-4 and four potential. I ha- I think this team has the potential to make the NFC Championship. Do I think they're going to do it? <laughs> I don't know. And you know, I'm going to leave. I mean, obviously, I'm not making any jokes here, but I'm going to leave out the fact that they've lost two straight NFC Championships. Mm-hmm. But that's not be- that's not me making a joke. I'm saying that because maybe that beats them down. Maybe they make the playoffs and they don't even reach the NFC Championship this time. Because the experience and the the skill in the past few years has just fallen uh, postseason. Mm-hmm. All right, moving into the NFC East, um, I have the Washington Football Team okay. at a mediocre record of nine and eight. Oh. Um, they showed they showed that they could do something last year. Uh, they won the division. What at seven and nine? <laughs> yeah. Um, and and put the, up a fight against gave the Bucs. Gave the Bucs run for their money, yeah. what, 31-24 games? Yeah, it was a close game. Um, I think Fitzpatrick, he, everybody in the NFL world knows that he can be a serviceable QB. Oh, yeah. Um, this Washington football team defense, and especially their pass rush, I think it's one yeah. of the top three pass rush duos in the league between Chase Young and uh, Montez Sweat. Yep. I think they really have something special brewing on defense. And I think this – um, although the offense, they may have the potential to be sort of, sort of I, upper half of the league. Yeah, I was going to say uh, upper half. I mean, you got Antonio Gibson. Gibson I think he's going to have a good year. You have Terry uh, McLaurin. McLaurin, obviously. Added Curtis Samuel. And yep, even, Kurt Logan Thomas, even Logan right, Thomas. Even Logan Thomas. Right, Logan Thomas. Yep, Logan Thomas. And then, but then you uh, put over this defense. They've just been notoriously good over the past few years. And I think they have what it takes to be a division winner, although the worst record of any division winner in the NFL. So you said nine and eight? Yep. Okay. See, my mind like, wants to say the Cowboys with Dak Prescott. Back. Yeah. I, my mind was, is like, okay, was, the, the, the Cowboys offense is just 
But when you put like the Cowboys offense compared to the Cowboys defense, it's such a difference. It's, it's like the awful. Cowboys defense. Is Micah Parsons going to be good? Is that secondary going to be able to solidify, you know, you know, keep the passing game from their opponents to be good? Their D-line, I don't even know. I don't think anything really changed there. Um, so I think that Cowboys defense is just going to fall. But I am going to have to side with you. I think I'm going to say the football team mm-hmm. um, is going to win it. But I, I think I'm going to say I'm at 10-7. and seven. Or if they're able to win, obviously I think they're going to take all four games from uh, the Giants and the Eagles. But if, they, if they're able to take both from the Cowboys, which I think they might split or whatever, mm-hmm. then maybe they could up to 11-6. and six. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not too – I don't think that's too far-fetched uh, yeah. for a team whose offense is upper half – defense top five you know and when you give a team like that i mean really look at it here baltimore ravens 2000 i'm just gonna use it their their offense was downright awful i mean yeah i mean it wasn't it wasn't awful but it wasn't great yeah i mean really it really wasn't and you can't argue that with me but the defense was just that good that they won football games Mm -hmm. they won football games they made the wild card and they made their push into the super bowl i'm not saying the football team's making the super bowl but my, yeah. my point is here is that their defense, whether their offense is substantial or not, their defense is going to be able to keep them in check, and they are going to win football games. Yeah, I uh, definitely agree with you. I think this is a solid team. Uh, Cowboys are going to – I think they're going to come really close, maybe going 8-9. Yeah, eight and nine maybe like 9-8. Eight eight. Or maybe even what maybe, I said. Maybe the same tying, record. Yeah, tying the yep. division, but just having some certain tiebreaker. All right, we move into the NFC South. You can start this one. So – I, I don't really think – I can't not take the Bucks here. Yeah. Um, I, I think the Saints – losing Drew Brees is not as big as a, big of a deal as I think a lot of people make it out today. I agree. But you bring in the factor of Michael Thomas being out until what, like week seven? Or like he's pro- projected to be back week eight or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. He wasn't great last year. Um, he, that defense was pretty dang good, though. That defensive line led by uh, Cameron Hayward, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a pretty good defensive line. Their secondary was still solid uh, upper half. And I, I think that defense is another one of those things that's going to solidify the offense. Jameis Winston, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's going to – maybe he is going to be able to turn this offense into something. Uh, so I think the Saints will come close. I think considering the amount – Considering the competition for wild card in the NFC, I'm going to take the Saints to be a wild card team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Bucs are going to win this. And this isn't because they're Super Bowl reigning champs. Like that, that's where I think a lot of people are like, oh, you just think they're going to win the division at 14 and three. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say 14 and three. Oh, you just think they're going to win that because they're reigning Super Bowl champs. No, but this, this, this 44 year old dude who's throwing. Dots. I mean, the guy's my dad's age. Yeah. My dad's had neck surgeries, can't even really throw football that great. <laughs> and then there's this guy who has had injuries, who has won seven Super Bowls, who's changed, who changed teams and leads them to a Super Bowl because he has a great wide receiver room. One, you got a split backfield. I think they are saying Leonard Fournette is going to be the lead back. I, I don't know. I think Ronald Jones is still going to be there. He's a big frame guy. Big um, question mark. But I'm going to say the Bucs at 14-3. and three. Once again, that defense. But this kind of team is just, you know, top of the line on both sides of the ball. 
And because of that, I think they're going to have one of the better records in the league. Yeah, uh, I have the Bucks at a similar record they had last year. Where they go eleven and five? Yeah, it was eleven and five. I'm at twelve and five this year. Um, okay. I think yeah, this Bucks team obviously very talented. Both sides of the ball: uh, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Anton Winfield, yeah. even Jason Pierre-Paul. Players like that made a big impact on defense last year. Um, and then on offense, obviously you have Godwin. You have um, Antonio Brown, even. You have Mike Evans, obviously. Yep. And then you have the 44-year-old man, Tom Brady, who just holds this entire team together. Um, and the injury guy, Rob, injury guy, Rob Gronkowski. I can't yeah, believe I forgot about him. You have, a, you, have, you have the similar <laughs> – not necessarily the same, but you had a very similar offense and, or similar team, similar offense especially, in 2019 with Winston. What, he didn't have – yeah, he didn't have he didn't who am I didn't for? have Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. Yes, and uh, but Winston just still like, didn't lead the team that well. Right. Um, Brady obviously is forty four year old. What 21, 20 year, years of leadership. Yeah. Um, he just brought a whole new culture to this team. I yep. think that's part of the reason why they won the Super Bowl. I have them winning the division again this year, but I would watch out for the Saints to do something. Yeah. I think Jameis Winston is going to bring some life to this offense. I think they yeah. could possibly a 10-win uh, team this year and even oh, yeah. make a run for the division. Maybe. But that seems a little bit far-fetched at the time, but I think it's definitely a possibility in the future. Yeah, I just I don't know if the Saints can really get by the box in terms of the division. But, yeah, 10-win team, definitely, um, and a uh, uh, playoff wild-card team, definitely. All right, so, final... NFC West – Final division, NFC West. I have the Rams at eleven okay. and six. I think it's I think it's gonna be really close between um Rams, Seahawks. I think the Cardinals are gonna fall a game or two behind. I think the 49ers are gonna fall two or three games behind. I think that entire division uh could make the playoff. I think this 49ers team, I think what? Jimmy G was sort of mistreated. He goes out, takes his team to a Super Bowl. And, and then, although not the greatest offensive uh, team, right? Ever. It really wasn't. Took his team, took his team to a Super Bowl. Yeah. And then next year, of all these question marks, and then the year after that, you draft Trey Lance. Right. Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he is the consensus starter to start week yeah, one. I think Trey yeah. Lance. Trey Lance will be used in special packages. Mm-hmm. But uh, back to the Rams. Obviously, we know their high acting, high powered defense. Ramsey. Aaron Donald, they did lose safeties. Uh, they lost what John Johnson and yeah, I believe Troy Johnson, Hill. Yep. Yeah. Or, or did they Troy lose Hill? Hill? I don't know. I think Troy Hill. I think they both went to the Browns. I think. Oh shoot! Um, I did not know Hill left. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure. But uh, regardless, the Rams defense they yeah. are a consensus, probably number one defense. In the NFL, and yes, Troy Hill is on the Cleveland Browns. No, oh, huh? But um, I re- it really, as I said earlier, when talking about their uh, floor and ceiling, it boils down to this offense, and what can yeah. they do with the uh, new quarterback on the center, Matthew Stafford? Uh, loss of Cam Akers does hurt you. I don't think Darrell Henderson really has all the tools you need to be a running back no. one. But um, Jeez. the pass catching, the, the pass catching. <laughs> The pass catching core around him is uh Woods Cup, Higby, and then who's their what Van Jefferson who they got last year? It's he the uh, impact. Yeah. But um 
I think this is He'll a solid offense, and I think they're good enough to be an 11-win team and win the division, Ian. Yeah, so I I actually my like I'm just gonna say it my early season projections for the Super Bowl and like I hate how people do this but right. like I did it I don't know why is like oh how are you gonna predict who makes the Super Bowl um before week one even starts mm-hmm. I have Bills and Rams. Rams and people are like like I believe you were saying like that's a stupid take or whatever or Probably. somebody said it it might have been you. I have the Rams at twelve and five. I have them. I have the Seahawks also at twelve and five, but the Rams have both the wins over the Seahawks, and that's what gets them. The issue I have with the Seahawks, obviously, is their defense, defense. a little bit, and because of that, this Rams offense, which isn't the best offense in the league, is still able to get through. Um, and then the Seahawks offense is just so good that it gets a little bit through the Rams' defense. Um, but I do – you had said you think every team in this division has a chance to make the playoffs. I do. That's an interesting take. Uh, I mean, like I agree with you, but compared to the 12-5 and five prediction of the Rams and the Seahawks, I don't think that the uh, Cardinals and the Niners can pass nine or ten wins. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're, they're still – all winning record teams, I think, uh, or at least close to. But, yeah, I have the Rams. I think Matthew Stafford is a slight upgrade from Jared Goff, and because of that, your team shifts a little bit higher in offense. You know, he's not like you just went from the 32-ranked quarterback to the 14th. You're talking like a pretty small jump, but even that small jump is going to increase your offensive power, and because of that, I think you're going to be able to win more football games. Yeah, you're looking at uh, last year's wild card game. The Seahawks were just – they were just in a yeah. loss against that Rams defense. And they really were. The Rams offense, they didn't play a great game. What, Walford started that game, didn't he? Got hurt I, he early. He did, the neck got injury. Got hurt early. Golf came in. And, he was, I mean, he was clearly good enough to play in the first place. Yeah, so, uh, that, he that's been what in, was surprising me. I was like, He should have been in there. Yeah. But, nonetheless, Golf comes in. He leads what? 20 points, and they got some to sort of boost. Well, the they score. had that one. The, the Seahawks ran a bubble screen. Uh, I think. Oh, that pick six. I don't know who it was to, but then they had that pick six. Yeah. Yes. On the bubble screen. And he just yeah, like, no. I mean, he just jumped the route and yeah, ran once, it in. Once again, the Rams defensive impact. They're just so good on defense. They have the ability to beat any team. Even if the offense just plays like a top, top, even 20 offense. Right. Yeah, it the doesn't defense, even have to be. The de- this defense can change games for the right. Rams, I think. All right. That will take All us right. to the end of this week one podcast. Uh, this one was done on Monday. Probably shooting to do next one on maybe Saturday or Sunday. But nonetheless, next week we will have episode two. This is Nick Polinski here with Ian Brady. We will see you next week, folks. Adios. See ya.